Cole, what are you salty about right now? Uh, really salty about the Auburn Tigers. Absolutely. We're one and one. You have reason uh, to be. With a big loss at home to Penn State. It's okay. LSU's doing great. You guys are one and one. Two and one? Two and one. Two and one. We're Got on a the big up. win over unraked Mississippi State. That's great. Absolutely. How much money you pay uh, Brian Kelly to be in the swamp? We paid him $100 million over the next 10 years to, to be two and one. I'd love to. It's devastating. By we, I, I do not mean me. <laughs> you personally. Uh, LSU paid him that much money. But Ridiculous. It's, uh, it's, it's easy to be salty about that. Like, we paid that much money for, for this coach. Now, I don't even know if people say salty anymore, but we're going to yeah. pretend that they do. So I love it. Welcome to Young and Adulting, a podcast of the young adults community at Christ Fellowship Church. Our hope is to create a safe place for authentic conversation around the ins and outs of life as we all try to navigate following Jesus in the world we live in today. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the conversation. What do you think salty means? Where did it come from? Uh, salty, actually, if you go onto uh, an undisclosed website on Google, okay. uh, if you go figure out what it means, it actually means to be upset about something small. So we're going to talk about that today. Excited yeah, about we it. we are. Yeah. Absolutely, guys. I'm excited. We have Pastor Cole Robinson from the downtown location. And man, I heard uh, your message a couple of weeks ago at Young Adults was kind of around this topic of, of how to not be salty, how to speak life. And man, I've had so many people uh, talk to me about it. I've had them show me that little that TikTok of the girls at Chick-fil-A who are, when the pastor talks about gossiping, and they're just not saying a word at yeah. all because they have nothing else left to say. Well, it's kind of the truth behind it. Yeah, and it, it actually wasn't what I wanted to talk about. It wasn't like the cool thing. Uh, I got to write the message for that week, and I was standing in my kitchen uh, reading the one-year Bible. I was doing dishes. Um, shout out to my wife, Krista. I was doing the dishes. And uh, I was reading through the one-year Bible in the book of James, and I came across this verse that really just stuck out to me. Uh, probably made me laugh at first because it used the word salty in a kind of a funny context. Yeah. But the verse says this in James chapter three, it says, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It's restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who've been made in the image of God. So some strong language here. Wow. Says, yeah. So blessing and cursing can come from the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? Basically making this contrast. And it says this, it says, no, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. And I kind of laughed okay. a little bit because I was like, man, if you think about it, brackish water in Florida is where gators live. It's kind of this mix of fresh and salt water. And really there's only a couple of different things that grow there. Mangroves, which are uh, really kind of only relative to our area. They're actually able to filter right. through the salt to get to the water. But most times in salty areas, stuff doesn't grow. There's not a lot of life. Mm-hmm. If you think about the Dead Sea in the Mediterranean, it's actually known for the fact that nothing can grow in it. Hence why it's called the Dead Sea. There's nothing there. And you can actually float on top of it. It's so soluble. And the idea is this, it's like healthy things grow in fresh water. Well, yeah. And in that moment, my question was like, do I have fresh water or salt water coming out of me when I talk about people? And I did some research into... I I leaned away from the word gossip because as soon as you say, you say gossip, all the Christians like tune you out. You're like, nah, I don't do that. Or like, yeah, yeah I know I do that. So I'm going to ignore it. But stick with us for a minute. Uh, some studies around gossip. It says that 52 minutes a day are spent talking about somebody else who's not in the room. So if you wow. multiply that, some simple math, I mean that 52 minutes is 1,500 minutes a month, 18,000 minutes a year, 1,404,000 minutes over a lifetime. 
Oh my which is goodness. 1,078 days, which is three years. Three years of your life spent wow. talking about somebody else that's not in the room. Now, for me, I'm kind of an overachiever in this area. I love to talk <laughs> about other people. And the question I kind of asked myself was like, why do we do it? Like, what is it about talking about somebody else that is so attractive to us? And for me, really, you can't get on TikTok, can't get on Instagram, can't get on the news. Like, you can't watch any movie without somebody tearing somebody else down. And James chapter three is not just talking about slander or gossip. It's talking about the way that we speak about other people. What it says is like, you're contrasting, basically saying you can curse those that God made or you can bless those that God made. So my question was like, why do we do it? What draws us to that? And ultimately what I kind of came to the realization of is like, for many of us, it's so hard actually facing the struggles of our own life. It's easier to focus on the struggles of other people. For some of us, it's so easy to distract ourselves with what that person did as opposed to owning up to the own shortcomings that we have. And honestly, for some of us, we're just so bored and wound up in this this rat race of a life that we're in that it's actually just a lot easier to focus on somebody else and tear them down than it is to focus on the life that we have. And I really believe this to be true. Um, One of the first things I came to realize, the realization of when I was writing this message was like, you will only and always grow what you sow, always. Right. So in scripture, all throughout scripture, it talks about like what you put into the ground is what you're going to harvest. So basically all farmers know this. I'm not a farmer by any means. I'm from California. I'm a downtown campus pastor. So we don't farm. Uh, But what I know is like, if I plant corn in the ground, I don't get watermelons from that. And my daughter Nyla actually, who was pretty funny, like we go to the store and she would pick this, these seeds up off the Home Depot counter. And she'd be like, daddy, I want to plant watermelons. Like these are flower seeds. You're not going to get watermelons. She's like, baby, I I really want to plant watermelons. Daddy, get me these seeds. I'm like, baby, those are flower seeds. You're not going to get watermelons from flower seeds. She doesn't listen to me. So we plant them in our front yard and guess what grows? Flowers. Thank you. You're really smart. Oh, I got it. Not watermelons, (laughs) right? It's because you will only and always grow what you sow. So if you're sowing death and destruction, if you're sowing gossip about other people, what do you expect to reap? What do you expect to grow in your own life if all you're sowing is death around you? And and I really believe that it kind of hinges on this perspective for me that like, what if the question I asked is like, what if the blessings of God, what if the life that God has for you can be released or be removed based on how we talk about other people? So I kind of began to wrestle with this mm-hmm. um, coming out of the James 3 scripture. And I have kind of an answer to that in a minute. Um, yeah. Really for me is like, I, if it's that important to God, should it not be that important to us? Wow. It, I, I want to get to that answer. But one thing you said, like if we are sowing death and destruction, how are we supposed to, to reap life and hope? That makes a lot of sense, but it's hard for me to make that connection between I'm talking about a coworker yep. uh, outside of work and death and destruction. Yeah. How, how does that connect? I feel like I'm just talking yeah, about I my think- day. I think that's the tension I faced with even writing the message. It was like, for Christians, we're the worst at this. Gossip is just what we do. And in the South, uh, people say things like, well, bless her soul. Bless her heart. You know, like, oh, we're going to pray for her. You know, and like, it's so easy just to to speak about somebody else. And really, death and destruction is a very strong way to put that. And even James, he's saying like curses. I'm not like cursing somebody. I'm just kind of talking about their shortcomings. That's how much it matters to God. It matters to him so much. Here's why. Is because if you are a picture of Jesus to the world, 
Mm-hmm. And all that we say as Christians, all that we talk about, all that we say out of our mouths is negativity, is tearing somebody down for the choices and the mistakes that they made rather than going, if they only knew there was a God in heaven who loves them and cares about them, imagine what the world would look like if they understood the God in heaven because of the Christians that say they follow him. Like, can you wow. see the tie here between yeah. even the simplicity of just talking about somebody behind their back when it gets back to them, how much of a witness do I have? And actually, yep. this has happened to me a few times. I work out at the gym. I am hyper competitive. Like, like no one's more competitive than me because I'm not competitive. And I was going to this gym for a while and I was like brand new into ministry. And I had a bunch of guys over there that my age and we always kind of battled each other. There was this leaderboard that we had. And man, I just kind of started running my mouth about them. Like I would just talk about them behind their backs. I would, they'd put their, imp, their scores in and I'd be like, oh, that can't be real. That's not true. And I got called out for it. One of the guys was like, bro, like why have you been talking about me? How much of a witness do I have in that moment? Oh, let me tell you about the love of Jesus. Let me invite you to my Easter services at my church. After all I did for weeks was just talk about how they couldn't have done that and it couldn't have been true. Like I ruined my witness because mm-hmm. of that. So the weight behind it may feel light in the moment, but it's heavy in the long term. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, whenever you said, uh, how would we feel whenever it gets back to them? Right. That's what made the connection for me. Because yep. it's easy to talk about it after work. But man, if I if I imagined what would happen if that person heard about what I said, yep. uh, I kind of feel that that death a little bit in me. I'm like, oh, I've messed up. I've kind of ruined the witness. I've, I've gossiped to yeah. use that word. Yeah, absolutely. And in Galatians chapter seven or ver- chapter <clears throat> six, verse seven, it says, "Don't be misled. You can't mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant." Kind of like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. It says, "Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit." So let me stop right there and say, basically, when all we want to do is please ourselves. When all we want to do is talk about another person because it makes us feel good, we're going to harvest death and decay is what scripture says. But if you live to please the spirit, now I want to go back to what I said a minute ago, which was when you're living to honor God through our words, when we're trying to reach people for him by the way that we talk about them, again, if it gets back to them and you are the only picture of this God that they've never met, they've never heard of, what do you think they're going to think of this God? This God must think the same thing these Christians do, that I'm a failure, I'm a mistake, and they're whispering behind my back. God must be whispering behind my back because these Christians are, these people that say they follow him. It goes on to say, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. And at just the right time, we're gonna reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. So it's basically saying you are going to grow what you sow. Now, I wanna be clear about something. And I actually didn't get to talk about this on Thursday night. I was a little bit nervous about bringing this up, but we have, we're have we going a little deeper here. Um, there's this idea of manifestation in our generation that kind of okay. exists. Yeah. Um, especially downtown at the campus that I pastor at, the word manifest is like a common phrase, common terminology um, that I can manifest a good future. I can manifest for myself health and wellness. I can manifest that new job. And what I want to be clear about is that you and I can release or remove the blessing of God in our life, but we cannot create it for ourselves. Wow. So here's what I believe. I believe that we can't manifest anything. We can't create anything, but we can put up walls that stop the blessing of God in our lives. Mm -hmm. You and I didn't create ourselves. You and I can't create the jobs 
that we have. I love Pastor Todd and the message um, that we just had this past weekend. He was talking about the fact that like, your car is not your car because you didn't make the metal that the car came from. Your house is not your house because you did not grow the trees that they harvested to build the house that you're in. Like everything we have, everything that we are is from God. It's from him. We can't manifest or create anything, but the way that we treat other people, the way that we act, I really believe can deter or actually detour the blessing that God has for us. And, and I hold that in a heavy and a weighty way now because like I want everything that God has for me. So I'm gonna challenge and think about every word that I have. So enough about that. I, the, basically I asked myself, like, what do we do about it? What do we do when we find yeah. ourselves in situations? the answers? Which I wanna be clear, I find myself in a lot. Yeah. I would much rather talk about somebody else than about myself. I would much rather talk about somebody else than sit in silence. So I am as guilty as anybody about this. And this has actually really challenged me and my friends can attest to this. I've been sitting at lunch. I actually just got reminded of it before coming up here. <laughs> uh, like I'll say something in my mouth and I'll instantly go like, I'm sorry, that was not honoring of that person. And uh, I kind of came to these three questions, the three questions we can ask ourselves before talking about anybody else. The first one is this, is what I'm saying humble? Am I placing that person above myself? Humility is really the foundation of Christianity. Uh, more than any other religion, more than any other God, what Jesus did was that he actually took our place. He actually stepped out of authority. He stepped out of heaven and didn't say, worship me because I'm great. Mm -hmm. He actually said, I love you enough to wash your feet to the Man. disciples. He actually said, I am right about everything. I am the way, the truth, and the life, but I'm willing to take your place on a cross, humility is the foundation of who we are. And I love this, that we are called to be humble people, but humility is not thinking less of yourself. God is not knocking us down a peg going, you need to be humble. No, in fact, it's not thinking less of yourself. It's, it's thinking of yourself less. I'm sure you may have heard yeah. that before, mm -hmm. but here's what that means. Like when you think of yourself less, it's so much easier to serve other people. And there's actually a scripture I just mentioned a second ago, Jesus washing the disciples' feet. What happened was Jesus gets to the dinner right before he goes to be crucified. He knew it was about to happen. He knew he was gonna be betrayed and he was gonna suffer this terrible death. And it says that when he realized the father loved him, when he understood who he was, mm -hmm. Jesus then stood up, took off his outer garment and began to wash the disciples' feet. Wow. I mean, that picture right there of right. humility, yeah. you can't get past it. You actually, is... you actually can't have humility without confidence. Wow. I can't be a humble person if I'm not confident in the fact that God has called me to be who I am. Like thinking about other people as more important than yourself, think of the confidence that it takes to have that. Like mm -hmm. you have to be so sure in who God has said that you are. You have to be so confident in that God has called you and that you were created for a great purpose and that you have more in your life than you can even see for yourself. When you have that, there's this confidence that lives inside you that goes, so I'll serve anybody else around me because why would I not? It's actually the lack of confidence that causes us to tear other people down. It's like wow. I said a minute ago, we can't even focus on our own problems or issues because it's too weighty, it's too heavy. I'd rather focus on that person's problems. I'd rather worry about what they're doing mm -hmm. because we're lacking confidence. And Jesus gave us this warning in Matthew chapter seven. It says, you're gonna be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you'll be judged. He says this in the message, um, paraphrase, it says, don't pick on people, jump on their failures, criticize their faults, unless of course you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. Here's what he's saying. He's like, if you want to be judged, go ahead and judge others. Mm -hmm. But if you want to be marked by humility and forgiveness and kindness, 
walk in humility and forgiveness and kindness. And, and look, you might be sitting here listening to this today and you might be like, Cole, but you have no idea what they did to me. You know, so many times as pastors, I think people look at us and they think like, well, they just don't know. They haven't experienced what I've experienced. I do want to be clear about something that I should not be sitting in the seat that I'm in today. My church upbringing experience was beyond church hurt, beyond disaster, beyond the most unfathomable things in church. Like the reason I'm sitting here today is because there was a God who pursued me through all of the mess and got me here. And what I want to say is like, I could have held on to all those hurts and pains, but I wouldn't be where I am today. This is not about what they did to you. This is about what's holding on to you. Because when you put somebody else in chains in your mind, they're walking free and your mind is in chains. Mm -hmm. You carry the weight of that unforgiveness. I've often had times where I've been so angry at somebody, so frustrated at them. And finally I work up the courage to go back to them. And I'm like, do you know how bad you hurt me? And they're like, I had no idea. I've been walking around in chains, in shackles, distraught for so long. And they weren't even thinking about the situation. Like we carry that weight and that pain. Why? Because I didn't have the humility to go, I forgive them for what happened. And today, whatever it is that you're facing, this is for your own health. This is for your own soul. It's not for them. It's not for what they're experiencing. And I love when I go back to Galatians 6, it says like, so don't give up because at the right time, you're gonna harvest blessing. You're gonna harvest good things when you continue to be kind and continue to do the good works of following Jesus. That's the first one um, is, is what I'm saying, humble. Right. Yeah. What's the second, man? Let's let's keep going. This is incredible. I, now the second one be, is, is what I'm saying. Helpful. Okay. Am I even a part of this? And and what I want to say is that for this is really practical. Um, somebody taught me this kind of leadership principle recently in my life. And the the question is this: like before I open my mouth, before I have a perspective or an opinion, am I even a part of this? Am I a part of the issue or am I a part of the solution? Ninety nine percent of the time, the answer is no. It's an opinion. But what if I feel like I could be a part of the solution? Okay, so we'll get to that. So maybe you do feel like I had an issue with this person. Maybe you feel like they deserve to be talked about because of the way that they treated me. Scripture is actually extremely clear about this. It says to go to that person. Mm -hmm. And if they don't listen, it actually says to take a pastor with you and go back and have the conversation. And then it kind of gives you permission to end the relationship a little bit, but you still can't walk in unforgiveness or hatred because that's actually going to weigh you down. That's actually not what Jesus has for us. It actually just says, you need to do everything you can to live at peace with every other person is what scripture says. So if you had a part in that, if the answer is yes, I was a part of the problem or I have a part of the solution, Mm -hmm. you go to that person. If the answer is no, stop talking. I have found myself in so many times where I had an opinion about a person about their leadership. I had an opinion today about a person and their leadership. I had to ask myself, am I even a part of the problem or the solution? Proverbs 18, 21 says this way, words kill, words give life through their poison or fruit. You choose. Are they Mm -hmm. helpful? Are they life-giving or do they bring death? And it's so practical, but it's so critical to the Christian life that we live. Our goal should be to always build each other up. Am I helping right. that person? Am I serving that person with my words? And um, in Ephesians 4.29, it says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so your words can mean encouragement to those mm-hmm. who hear them. I love what Pastor Julie says. She says it a lot, that um, encouragement is to infuse with courage. Right. So the person that you're talking about, you have a chance to either tear them down and discourage, either mm-hmm. take courage away, or you have a chance to encourage 
which means to literally go to them and infuse them with courage. So the first one is humble. The next one is what I'm saying, helpful. And finally, the last one is, is what I'm saying, holy. Am I modeling Jesus to the world? Mm-hmm. The first two are kind of practical in their sense. The third one is a question that I circle back to the very beginning when we talked about a salty spring. Um, you cannot have holy things flow out of what is unholy. Right. You cannot have pure water flowing out of bitter water. You mm-hmm. cannot have clean lives flowing out of a filthy heart. And then scripture says it this way in Luke 6, 45, what you say flows from what's in your heart. And really what is really challenging to me and is actually kind of a little bit scary at times is in this last question, this last season, I've been asking myself, what's flowing out of me is actually an incredibly accurate picture of how my heart is. So what's flowing out of me? If you go back to that James verse, it says that fresh water cannot be drawn from a salty spring. Am I a salty spring? Am I fresh water? Am I salt water? It's really that simple. And it's really challenging and it's really hurtful, but it actually gives you a really great kind of scale for where you're at spiritually. You want to ask how you're doing? You want to ask how it is that you're living this Christian life? The question would be like, how much bitterness is flowing out of us compared to how much unforgiveness is flowing out? How much slander and gossip is flowing out as opposed to life-giving words and humility and kindness, even when people don't deserve it? Man, I love uh, both times in my life I've experienced this when like I've been in a season where I just kind of stop and go, I've said nothing helpful about anybody in months. I've just, I really don't feel like I've done anything to help or serve anybody else. I've just torn people down. I've also had moments where somebody deserved from, from the human standpoint to be talked about, to be torn down and something inside of me, the Holy Spirit was like, no, we're gonna forgive them and move on. You know, I love those moments because it just gives you a picture of like what God's doing inside of your life. And I closed the message last week. It was actually, it was kind of amazing because I hadn't thought about this scripture in a long time. There's a story in the Old Testament of Moses leading the Israelites and um, they get to this this, um, area of water which in the desert was obviously hard to find. So they finally find enough water for these millions of people that are following Moses and God's chosen people. They get to it and the water's bitter. Mm-hmm. And what's intriguing is that Moses then has a decision to make. Like, how do I get this water to be clean again? And for many of us, we're sitting in that place today. Okay, cool. You've convinced me. My spring is salty. Yeah. I'm a little bit bitter. The water that's coming out of me is not fresh. And the Holy Spirit brought to the scripture to mind because what happened next was that Moses actually took his staff, he, threw, he took a branch and he threw it in the water. And what happened was as soon as the wood hit the water, it became pure water and the people could drink. Here's what that meant. The cross of Jesus. Mm, go there. <laughs> the cross of Jesus is this piece of wood that in our own power, Moses could have done everything in his power, everything he possibly could have to make this water from bitter to fresh. He could have done anything in his power. You can filter the Dead Sea as often as you want, as much as you want. It's still water you can't drink. We can try to fix ourselves as often as we want. We can try to do good works. We can try to study the Bible. We can try to go to church. We can do all the things which are beautiful, but really what it takes is the power of the cross, the power of Jesus taking that moment in history when he took all of our sin and our shame and our debt, he took it onto a cross, he brought it to a grave and he rose again only in his power through his Holy Spirit, which he left for us. Can we actually experience a cleansing of the spring inside of our hearts? And I think for many of us, that's kind of our next step. It's like, okay, God, 
I'm nowhere near this. I'm not perfect. I'm speaking for Cole, mm-hmm. uh, but Holy Spirit, help me today. What is it today that I can do to open myself up for the Holy Spirit to move in this area of my life? So That's so good, man. I want to go back. Uh, we're going to do like one challenge. Out of yeah. all of this, uh, what's the one thing we can do? But before I ask that, man, I was thinking about how, I mean, Jesus was obviously humble, humbled himself, became obedient even mm. to death. And his kind of MO was to love your enemy, yeah. to love the person that hurts you, bless the person that persecutes you. And I'm thinking about that verse, if you've been forgiven much, then yep. you need to forgive much. Yep. And Jesus, whenever he had every opportunity to speak ill about us, spoke life over us. And how we have to do the exact same thing. So if we were going to do like one challenge, one, how, how do we do this? What would you give us? <laughs> Yeah, I would say um, test your water. You know, I think ask the people around you. I think that ask the uh, people around. I love you. It's rough. my wife, Carissa. Um, she is she is honest, and she'll tell me how how it is. And you know what? Ask somebody who's not going to sugarcoat it. Ask somebody what it's like to be on the other side of you. Ask them what it's like when they've made a mistake, how you responded to that. And you know what? Maybe you don't have that community. That's why young adults is so incredibly important and being involved in a local church is so massive. It is not about church attendance. It's about having people around you that are like, man, you're better than that. You got more in you than that. Test your water, you know? And I think also allowing the Holy Spirit. So test your water and ask the Holy Spirit to cleanse you. And just like I told that story at the end of, Moses in the Old Testament, I think what the beautiful picture is, it's like human effort alone does nothing. I said it earlier, we can't manifest anything. You can't manifest this mm. life that all of us kind of know is out there. Like it's it's almost out of our reach. We feel like there's something there that we don't have. That's called Jesus. It's called God, the life right. that he has for you. We can actually step into that fullness and and walk in this great life with him but it's only by his power. It's actually just out of our reach, just to remind us that we can't do it alone because you can try and try and try all you want. But at the end of the day, it is the power of the Holy Spirit in your life that actually allows things like this to happen. So test your water, ask the Holy Spirit. And I think those are kind of my challenges coming out of it. Man, is it helpful? Is it humble? And is it holy? If we can get those three, if we can test the water, We're going to be doing a lot better in our life. We're going to be able to speak life. Our relationships are going to get better. Pastor Cole, thank you so much. Uh, One last question. Yeah. How are you feeling about Auburn next week? (laughs) Very bad. And we need Bo Nix back, which is a scary thing to say. But (laughs) Hey, thank you so much for uh, jumping into the Young and Adulting podcast. Cole, thank you so much for being a part of it, helping us. And we will see you next time on the Young and Adulting podcast. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Young and Adulting. Follow us on Instagram at cf.youngadults. And if there's a topic you'd like to talk about, we want to hear about it. Send us an email or leave a comment with your thoughts. We'll see you next time.